Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, my first reaction is just fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in house in the Central Division. That's right. I'm a meatball. You got to bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. I am your boy Buzz. I'm joined by my dude Tony, and we are here to recap a not great Bob White Sox weekend. But before we do that, be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Socks on Tap at Ontap Sportsnet. Following Tony at Tony on Tap and me at Buzz on Tap. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us. Five star rating and review because that's you already know cool and tough. Go to Grandstand. Check out GrandstandSocks.com. Follow them on socials at Grandstand Socks. Or if you're down by the ballpark, go over to Grandstand. Any White Sox gear or Chicago sports gear you need, you can find it at Grandstand. Tony, Socks dropped two to three to the Kansas City Royals in Kansas City. Some bull- biggity bullshit, really. I, I'm not I'm not too stoked about it. It's just, uh, you know, I don't know. It's the tail. You know, this team battling injuries, not having the, you know, the stir that or what was this, the, not the stir, the straw that stirs the drink in Tim Anderson. You know, losing Giolito, not having him right now, you know, just a, a million different scenarios. Lance Lynn is also on the aisle that are playing out here, but kind of a hard weekend to watch when when we went into it, we were pretty excited. How are you feeling, number one, and then we'll talk about it. Yeah, I'm. it's it's rough. It's been a, a few days of some blah baseball. I think last night was, was decent, but uh, – Gave up a little too many runs there for my liking. I'm I'm doing okay. It's a holiday weekend. We got an extra day off of work, but uh, no White Sox baseball, so we get to sit and stir on this one a little bit uh, too long for for my liking. Yeah, no. Friday I was stoked because it was the big night. You know, big night. We were going to recap the show, but it went too late, and I'm an old man, and I fell asleep, which is just you know shocker. I know. Uh, but Stacy King and Adam Amin were on the call, and I just want to touch on that to open the show before we get into everything else, a lot of people did not like that. And I loved every second of it just because I'm a homer and I always say I'm gonna, but I really did like Stacy and Adam on there. Something different, something fresh, something cool. You know, when you're winning and you're having fun, it's, it's cool to do things like that. Um, unfortunately for them, rain delay, poor Stacy King was about to fall over. He's like, damn, it's 1230. I'm still going. But uh, you know, I, I thought they did pretty well. It just sucks it didn't, uh, you know, like I said, it, it sucks that um, it didn't turn out into a win. But, hey, your boy got a nickname, Silk, Gavin Silk Sheets. Yes, he did. He, he did get the uh, the Silk nickname. Uh, Buzz, I, I, I thought that they they did okay. I mean, uh, Adam, he, he he's done some baseball work before. Uh, Stacy seemed like he knew what was going on. The one thing that I noticed there was uh, Stacy King found out real quick that Eloy Jimenez should not be playing left field. I felt that that was kind of funny uh, that he was calling that out. And it's like, you know, we've been talking about this and talking about this for years. And here comes a a basketball guy, a true basketball guy into the, uh, into the booth. And he's, he's questioning the decisions about Eloy Jimenez being out there. But overall uh, I think that they were the victim of the Bill Walton game 
um, to, to just my experience here with, with basketball, the limited basketball watching that I do. Uh, it's been this past White Sox game and, uh, and the Bill Walton game. Uh, that's that's all I've really got as far as basketball announcers. But I felt like it was a hard follow-up to the experience with Bill Walton, something that NBC tried to do that was a little out of the box. Um, rain delay was not helpful, and neither was the White Sox offense at all that game. Uh, so it led to some interesting things that, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard to fill airtime. And I think they even commented on how different it is uh, to call a baseball game, just the pace of it is is incredibly different than say hockey or or basketball um, or even football. But so it's it's a totally different experience for those guys. And I, I know you enjoyed it as a Bulls fan. Um, it would have been great if the White Sox had a route. I think it would have been a lot better and more well received. But I, I kind of lean with those that weren't a fan of it because it got to a point where it's like, what am I watching? Yeah, I guess. I mean, like I said, you know, I, I liked it just because it, it was something different. I love Stacy and Adam. I, it's an interesting tidbit that Adam had said. I did not realize that Adam Amin had interviewed for that job. I didn't know that. I did not know that Benetti got that job over Adam Amin. And I was just taken away by that because Adam Amin, and so was Benetti, no doubt. Like, and you know, I'm a big Benetti guy. I love Jason Benetti. I think he's great. I think he's just, I mean, he could do any sport for the most part. When he was doing college basketball and even the Bulls games that he stepped into, I thought he did great. Um, it just makes me feel spoiled as a Chicago sports fan that we have guys that are so, I don't know, diverse, able to do different kinds of sports like that. Um, Stacey King, I'll tell you what. Yes, he is a Sox fan because, you know, that's his that's his shit. He loves, you know, he loves the Bulls. He's a homer. Even though he's from Oklahoma, he's a homer. He loves the Bulls. He loves the Sox. And I thought it was cool out of the, the fandom part of him being able to call a game. Much like even though Matt Spiegel from 670 to the score is like a huge baseball guy. We both know that. We both talked to him. Huge baseball guy. But when he gets to do those Cubs innings every once in a while, you can hear like the fan in him. And that's what we got to hear out of Stacey King. So that's why I thought it was really interesting. Other than that, um, you know, it, it was fun. Like, you know, when Louis Garcia went up and caught that ball, they got smoked going into, uh, you know, center field. And he was just so stoked that Louis like, oh, my God, Louis got up. Give me the hot sauce. You know, I loved it. I just wish we would have got to see some uh, home run uh, home runs that were fucking just. Yeah, no, know, home, no home run call. No home yeah. run call. Yeah, that sucks it's... a little bit. That was I was really looking forward to that. I was really looking forward to just hearing him go nuts. And there was a couple times where I was like, oh no, like you know, you do one of those, how you know how Johnny does it for Family Guy, the eh, because I, you know, you, uh, Louis Robert got under a couple, and and he thought they were gone, man. It was like a, just a can of corn into center or left, and you got Stacy well, like, oh, go, go. It's like no, dude, it's not. But you it's got to be hard watching on a monitor like that instead of being there. Maybe they knew, like they know yeah. when they're there compared to the monitor. But I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it was decent. You know, I want to segue this into some more Gordon Beckham talk. But yeah, I love Gordon Beckham. I, I, I was going to ask you. I don't think we kind of went over we, this on the show at all. But we've heard a lot of Gordon Beckham lately. Um, you know, and uh, Steve Stone. Yeah. Bless his heart. I'm not going to get into it with you today, but <laughs> dude has more vacation time than any other MLB announcer. It has to be worked into his package at this point. Correct? Like it, oh, yeah, he's got sure. he's got this great deal going on where in the dog days of August and early September, Steve Stone just gets to disappear and we get Gordon Beckham. And I, I see Jim Schrammick's in here is throwing it. some shade at Gordon Beckham, but Buzz, can we agree? Like I, I kind of like Gordon Beckham in the. Booth. I love I love Gordon Beckham. I don't I, now. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if that's the hatred that I have for Stone. 
is why I like Gordon Beckham. Okay. But I don't know. But I do like some of his insight that he has. And yeah, I think that he is a little bit more reserved. And I think that he lets Benetti take the lead out of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think he's, I mean, obviously he's, he was a major league baseball player. He's very knowledgeable. I mean, he doesn't, he can't call the shit. And I just want to give Stone credit. He can't call the shit Stone will call. Like mm-hmm. obviously Stone is a Cy Young pitcher. You know, he, he won a Cy Young in 1980. You know, of course he's got that knowledge of, okay, yeah, this pitch is coming next. And that's really cool for somebody like you and I who are watching the game on TV. Like, what do we expect when we're sitting in your garage drinking beers? Like, what do you think is going to be high heat or is it going to be a change? You know, is it going to be off speed or something? like that and he'll call it it's super cool that he could do right. that but gordon beckham i mean him speaking on playing with the brave i think is pretty cool a lot of the time yes him speaking on like you know when he came up to the majors and all that noise and like him knowing kind of today's modern baseball i think, I think he compliments cool. i think he compliments jason benetti very so. well he, yeah. he's got that you know he, he's got that different background in the sense that it's, it's not even that he played the game but he just comes from a different area he has different stories to tell and he's got a story for everything and for as as, as much as we saw on friday with stacy king and amin they were. They seemed like they struggled to fill some of those lulls within the broadcast. I, I, I do believe. Yeah, I do think so, you're right. Yeah. So for for where people say that Gordon Beckham won't shut the fuck up, <laughs> like, and I get that a little bit. I think that's my one complaint. Is like it feels like sometimes he's talking for you know five or six like at bats he can fill like a boring baseball game with stories and just randomness kind of like he did today. And it's, it's just stuff that's out there that kind of just keeps you involved in listening to what's going on. And so for as ridiculous as some of the stuff is that comes out of his mouth, like it's entertaining, like it's there, like that's why I want to keep watching. So that's where I give Gordon Beckham more credit. It might not be the best baseball analysis. like you said on the pitching side, but he he's going to say something that's going to make you talk to whoever you're watching the game about, about whatever he just talked about. Like today you brought up the, uh, the gummy crawlers or whatever, but <laughs> yeah. so, you know, like, did you have that oven? Cause immediately I'm sitting there talking to my wife. I'm like, I had that oven. I, I know exactly what he's talking about. And I think for our generation a little bit, if Gordon Beckham wound up with a microphone, there's, there's a, there's a story there. There's a lore. It's like, here was this, ultimate prospect for the White Sox that we all grew up with. And we all thought he was going to be awesome. Yeah. And our kids generation grows up and knows Gordon Beckham as this announcer, but we know the real legend of Gordon Beckham and everything that went on. I just, I think it's picturesque. I think it works. I think it works too. And like I said, I like him. I I like him a lot. And I'm trying to put the hatred away and and say that I do think that stone is probably better in in the booth for sure. But Gordon's learning. Everybody needs to understand that this is like, you know, he he's coming up into the lulls that you pointed out with Stacey, and Adam Amin, you know, Adam Amin can, if he had a guy, a color guy that knew the game there and Adam's doing play by play, he would have been fine. It's a hundred percent a different broadcast. He been fine. Yeah. We're talking something completely different here. It, it, it was a fan experience for Stacey King. It was something different that NBC did crossing. I mean, two Jerry Reinsdorf own teams having fun with it. I tell you what, if the bulls are kicking ass this year and having fun, I would, I wouldn't mind. Haven't been, I mean, I love Benetti. Hasn't Benetti done a Bulls game? Yeah, I was going to say Stone, too. Like, even just for for some fun, for some shits and giggles. Like, a different perspective every once in a while. But, yeah, no, as far as Beckham goes, I love how Jim is just hating so hard right now in the chat. I got to throw this one up on the screen. Jim goes, Sox get 12 hits in a row, Gordon Beckham. Oh, 
That this is a good thing. It's See, like- that, that's why that's perfect for a White Sox broadcast. I mean, it, he just he compliments Benetti so well because Benetti is a very intellectual guy. Yep. He's very you know on some of these calls that he makes and knows some some background to it for a guy that you know, wasn't a former major league player. I'd say Benetti's pretty well with it during a baseball game, has an amazing voice. He does a lot of things very well. Uh, there's some things that I don't like about him, but he's grown on me as a White Sox broadcaster who, I mean, I'll take Hawk Harrelson any day over anybody. Uh, but Benetti has grown on me to the point where when I hear his voice, I think about the White Sox. I could see Gordon Beckham getting there. That's at least where I'm at with it. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. I think Gordon can. I think that maybe he might be the successor of, of Steve Stone one day. Who knows? Because him and him and Benetti have a really good rapport together on the mics. And I, like I said, I, I liked it. I think that he does real well. Uh, getting into back into Friday with Stacey. We talked Adam, to, we, we're talking a lot of announcing here yeah, in the yeah, first I mean, 13 minutes. It, it, it's not like it was fucking great baseball on Friday to talk about. Dallas Keuchel comes out uh, after acknowledging that he needs to be better. Um, that he needs to get his shit figured out and um, Tony didn't work out for him. And I really have doubts that he's going to be on this playoff roster. He was really bad again on Friday. I know the rain delay might've played a little part into that. I'm not sure if it did or not. I'm not going to pretend like I know what was going on, but Dallas only goes three innings, dude. And he lets up seven hits, six runs, five of them earned. He only gets one strikeout, not a strikeout pitcher, but he was having a hard time out there uh and you know dude it's just it's getting to that point you know he he's walking guys he he's you know letting up hits at inopportune times they're you know they're scoring runs on them and and when the offense is we've seen so many so many times time and time again it's just oh okay you know we're gonna have the white Sox offense today that's gonna crank out a bunch of fucking dingers and get on base or then Mm -hmm. we're gonna go dr jekyll mr hyde on this shit and the next day it's like can i buy a vowel can I get a fucking run here, please? Something, a base Anything. hit. Don't ground into a fielder's choice. Don't ground into a double play. Can I get something? And unfortunately for Dallas Keuchel on Friday, he didn't have any good shit, and neither did the offense. And he he took most of the scrutiny, even though I would like to pass the buck off on the offense a little bit. Like, Dallas Keuchel was bad. But there's only so many times on this fucking podcast that we could talk about how bad he was. Mm-hmm. We know this. He's not the guy he was last year. And all the people that said he was lucky, and you know I hate that shit, like XBA, like, you know, expected batting average. I hate all that. Woba? Nonsense. Yeah, Woba. All you that like shit. some Woba? I don't like Woba. You I don't, don't like Woba? I don't like Woba. How about Woba, XFIP? Woba, whatever, you know, it's just XFIP? Like, <laughs> XFIP is all right. Okay, yeah, all right. But, you know, I just don't like – I don't like that narrative a lot of the time. When, but people were right. And I'll, I'll, I'll eat my – you know, I'll eat my words. People were right. He got extremely lucky last year, and that's why he was in the Cy Young race. Because this year, the real Dallas Keuchel must have stood up. He's getting burnt out. He's older. He's not the guy he was when he won a Cy Young in 2016, I believe that was. Um, you know, Feels like it, yesterday. Yeah, he's not that guy anymore. So, But the offense, man, was fucking putrid on Friday, Tony. They're it was. fucking putrid. They it, get six hits, six hits in nine innings. They score two runs. Both of them came <clears throat> Excuse me, in the sixth inning. Okay, and, and they couldn't do anything else. They end up losing seven to two, man. So this is Dallas Keuchel did, and I, I tweeted this. I'm, I'm going to use it again. 
Dallas Keuchel did the best job at convincing Jerry Reinsdorf to never spend money on veteran pitching ever again. I didn't want to like your tweet because I believed it. No, and it's true though. Oh, that's like for, that's why I, I I really fucking believe this is true. Like this is one of the reasons why people are hesitant to do that. And I just go back to what we thought about when we signed Dallas Keuchel, and that was here we go. We actually made somewhat of a big money move. Now he wasn't your number one target. He was your secondary target. And I want to talk about number one target. Was it, what were we going after like Zach Wheeler at that yeah, point? Zach in time? Wheeler was your yes. number one target, but then so, he, he, he ended up going to uh, the Phillies because his wife wanted to remain on the East coast. Correct. So th- this is, this is two levels of bad here because you went out and you got the second tier guy, which, you know, if you're Rick Hahn, you're sitting there saying, well, I should have went out and got Zach Wheeler offering more money, Jerry, because what are we going to do? We've got this dead weight on the roster. And I like to think about it for if I'm the GM, if I'm in the GM's shoes here, I've got to convince my boss to go out and make another signing like this. That's not fucking easy, especially when the last one shit the bed. I mean, this is not good, dude. You've got a guy who was supposed to be there to guide your young core of pitchers through. And right now, for Dallas Keuchel, like honestly, this is this is it. Lucas Giolito's down, missing a start. You got Lance Lynn on the IL. Carlos Rodon, we just get that news today. He's dealing with some shit. Dylan Cease did not look good today. I know Gordon Beckham was was happy with it. Maybe we can get back to our announcing talk because this is a little more serious. But Dylan Cease still figuring some stuff out. Has nasty stuff. Yeah, I know he still struck out what nine today. Yeah, he's struck fantastic, but he's still prone to that big inning. And if your bullpen can't cover it, and your offense is asleep for two days in in a in a five game playoff series, and one game tilts another way, man, you're done in October. This is it. This is Dallas Keuchel's time because he's your leader in this rotation right now. Believe it or not, as we head into Buzz, a very tough stretch of baseball against Oakland, and then you've got Boston coming to town. And then you've got LA and you're going to have to deal with Shohei Otani. So I know we're jumping the the horse a little bit talking about the recap, man, but it's Sunday fun day. I'm just looking at this ahead, man. Nine and a half games up on Cleveland. I'll leave, I'll leave you with this nine and a half games up on Cleveland. Your three best starters in your rotation are all going to be missing some time during this stretch of baseball. You're mid September and that 10 game lead can evaporate very quickly if we're, you know, throwing Jimmy Lambert's out there and Dylan Cease isn't getting it done and Dallas Keuchel isn't getting it done and your three frontline starters are nowhere to be found at this very moment. It's a little concerning to me, just a little bit. I'm not trying to go full negative Nani here and predict the collapse, but, man, I'm just a little bit fucking concerned with this pitching right now. Yeah, no, I'm I'm a little concerned about it, but I think I might be concerned – in like the first part on how you said it, just like with Rodon dealing with some shit again and Lance Lynn being on the aisle. I, I strictly think that Giolito, like we were at the game on Tuesday when Giolito got taken out. And the first thing you turned and looked to me and said was he wanted to stay in. Then you hear he wanted to stay in. I think it was precautionary what they did with him. Um, but as far as Dallas Keuchel goes in, in, in your whole you know point that you just made here is just, if he doesn't have it right now, and these guys are going to be missing starts, 
And again, you're having your Lamberts, your Raylos thrown out there. And Michael Kopech is struggling mightily at yes. the moment. You know, over the last month or so, he's been not what we saw in the beginning of the season before the break. Um, and yeah, something's and, going on with Garrett Crochet, too, because he's only on thrown one pitch yeah, in like yeah. a week. Yeah, well, I, I don't know if that's Tony or him. I don't know. Tony La Russa used a lot of Garrett Crochet early. I would he, he I would did. make an argument that there might be something going on with and, Garrett Crochet again, that we're just right. not hearing. Yeah, you could be right. I, I just I don't really know, but at this point, these guys need to hunker down. And I'm gonna be honest with you. If the if the pitching is hurting, like the lineup was, like let let's like roll reverse for a minute, right? Like when when the lineup was hurting with all the injuries that we had. You know, with you know, Tim Anderson had a, a stint earlier in the year, and then you know, obviously Eloy was gone, Luis Robert was gone, when Madrigal was Madrigal went down. You know, had you had all these injuries, and the pitching kept you afloat. This is where the offense can't afford to go to sleep. Yeah, this is where you need the next man up again, right? And, and, and that's I'm not finding him right, right now, right? And that's outside of Yasmani Grandal, right? And that's what's really frustrating to me as a fan watching the games is like. I look at this lineup up and down. And I'm like, there's no, there's no fucking way in my mind that these guys should score four runs in two fucking days. I don't care, Tone. That shouldn't happen. It shouldn't. You look at this shit. No. You're just like, how is this happening? Like, dude, we're losing games five, not like five two, five one, or some shit. So, like, where are you? Pick I'm, I'm even. I'm even looking at like games that have, and, and I know I'm a huge Gavin Sheets guy. But like, I'm sorry, even silk, silk sheets. I'm a huge silk sheets guy. Oh God. Thank you. Um, Thank yeah. You. I'm a huge silk sheets guy. I'll, I'll, I'll keep it. We'll print the shirts. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, even games with him or Goodwin in the lineup. These are guys that have MLB bats that have come up in big spots this year for the offense to go cold the way it does. I don't know. I have a really hard time getting on some of the pitching like consistently and saying that's the problem because I know this offense could put up 10 runs a game. Maybe that's unrealistic. It's baseball, but they have the ability to do so. You're more so getting along lines of you shouldn't be going cold like you do. No. And what do I say? What do I say? Almost every single time we talk about keys to success for the next game, give these starters some run support early to let them pitch their game, not be reactive. And this lineup with Tim Anderson, Luis Robert, Jose Abreu, Eloy Jimenez, uh, you know, you can go to Yoan Moncada there. If that's your front six, and Gavin Sheets or, you know, whoever else, Lurie Garcia, whatever. You want to throw whatever else towards the end of that. We haven't even said Yasmani Grandal's name yet. You you should be able to get some early leads here. Let, yeah. let Dylan Cease have a four-run cushion to work with against the Kansas City Royals. Yeah, and, and just for everybody to know, too, Tony and I were talking about this before we came on the air. The Sox end up going 9-10 and 10 against the Royals this year. Um, that pisses me off. Not going to say it's unacceptable. They've had a really good record against good baseball teams. And let's give some credit where credit is due to Salvador Perez because he's just an absolute monster. And I I saw a graphic. I don't know who had it on Twitter today, but like somebody put like together the, the, the sheet of pictures of guys that you should not pitch to. I want that plastered in, in the White Sox dugout. Like right behind where Tony La Russa. It was like, uh, who was it? It was Santana. Perez. Santana, 
Uh, Nelson Cruz was on there, right? It was uh, uh, Perez is on there. Nelson yeah. Cruz, Aaron Judge, and uh, Santana, Ramirez. Right? Oh, Ramirez. Jose Ramirez. Ramirez. Okay. Yeah. Like those four guys. Just plaster that in the dugout. Plaster it in the urinals in the clubhouse. Plaster it everywhere anybody could possibly be looking at all times and just walk them. I don't even care at this point in time because the Kansas City Royals shouldn't be scoring five, six runs on you unless Perez is, is hitting home runs. Earlier in the year, it was the same thing with the Minnesota Twins, except for Max Kepler. Fuck that guy. I don't like him. Um, yeah, I don't like Max Kepler. He, he hits home runs in inopportune times against the White Sox. <laughs> fuck you, Max Kepler. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Max Kepler. I, I, there's nothing wrong with Max Kepler, except what he does to the White Sox um, that I know of. But anyway, Buzz, like just we've talked about this before. Don't pitch to the guy on the other team that's going to beat you. And I'll go again with the Gordon Beckham thing today. He he was talking as Dylan Cease was sitting in the dugout. Gordon Beckham stand over here. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, he's like, well, I think he had a pretty successful day, except for the fact that he let the guy you can't let beat you beat him. But other than that, he was good. And I was like, wait a second. What the fuck are you talking about? If your job is to not let this guy beat you and he beat you, you didn't do your job. So how are you happy with this? And again, I go back to there. There's some discussion within the baseball game that I just like to have because we're having it right now. If Gordon Beckham didn't say that, we wouldn't be talking about it. So Gordon Beckham, welcome back to the booth. Buzz, if your job is to not let Salvador Perez beat you and he beats you, did you get your job done today? No, no, you didn't. You didn't, and that, that's not taken away from if he looked good or not. I mean, his, his that 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 knuckle curve looked pretty decent. I mean, it was just it was location again with the fastball, Tony. It's what we talk about all the time with Dylan Cease. He walked the first batter of the game because he couldn't locate his shit. It's just it is what it is with Dylan Cease. He, I will say that he that this was a rare bad outing that we've seen out of him in the last like what month and a half, you know, I mean, two months, like something like that. He's been really good. Me and Steve and Johnny, or me and Johnny were on a show we were talking about, and then me and Steve were on a show last week where we were talking about it, about how good he's been. And, you know, yeah, you're going to have times like this for sure. Like that's mm-hmm. going to happen, no doubt about it. But and with the comfortable lead, I just really hope the White Sox aren't, and I'm not trying to overreact about it because, yeah, we could sit here and talk about 2005, you know, like, well, there was like that tweet that came out. I'm not trying to sound insensitive, but you know, oh, you know, the U.S. is in Afghanistan. Afghanistan's in the news. Uh, uh, Kanye yes. West dropped an album, mm-hmm. uh, and the White Sox won the World Series. Like, you know, it's that, that that was like this whole thing that was coming out. Like, I'm trying not to overreact because these teams hit lulls and shit like that. But I think that where I react and where I feel different about things is just the consistent crack. crack- uh, is the consistency, uh, the inconsistency, I'm sorry, of how the offense has been. And that is just something that's worried me mostly all year. Because there's, I, you know, There's I, been inconsistencies with the offense. There's been inconsistencies with the bullpen. bullpen. There's been inconsistency of late with the starting pitching. There's going to be inconsistencies all over the place. I think what I'm most worried about and what you're getting at too here is you don't want the magic to fade away too fast. Right. I want the, I want like the fucking unicorn over the rainbow to start at like in the middle to the end of September where it's like, you're so fucking white hot. You can't right. touch, you can't touch. It's like that fucking, like that, that bath water you put your hand in. It's so hot. It's fucking cold. It hurts. Like, that's what I want the socks to be right. like going into the, 
into the, the postseason. And where I'm looking right now, I'm not prepared to say that that's not going to happen, but we're, we would be remiss and we'd be, you know, irresponsible if we didn't bring up the things while we do a show to bring up the things that do concern us. And yes. I, and, and that's where I think you're coming from. And that's where I was kind of coming from a little bit too, with the offense, because we can talk about Saturday too. we talk about, I know we're jumping through all these games, but we, we were, yeah, like let's talk about how impressive Luis Robert looks and how he's been since he's got back or the, or, or Yasmani Grandal or Yana Moncada going on a 16 game hitting streak. Right. Like, like there's, things there's are serious. a ton of good. There's yeah. a ton of good right now. And you know it, it, how how they're going to get through this next stretch without you know Tim Anderson and you know it, it, Gavin Sheets hitting two home runs the other night. You know there's there's a lot of positives. What you want is more positive to talk about the negative. And I just feel like you go and you you, you lose the season series to Kansas City when a lot of people. Uh, when a lot of people sit there and say this White Sox team are just bum slayers, they're they're you know they're they're beneficiaries of a bad division. I still think that the White Sox Lazy have done fairly well against good teams. They've played some close ball games. A lot of ball games come down. There, there's one stat that's not quantified, Buzz, and that is could one swing have changed the trajectory of the game in the eighth or ninth inning? And the Sox have been in a lot of those games against those good teams that would be very entertaining playoff games to watch because one swing could change it. Yeah, yeah. Your team's favorite. So getting blown out by, like, the Yankees series, they were in, if I remember correctly, almost every single one of those games. There was pressure on in the ninth or there was That's pressure on in the eighth. That's why suck so bad is because we were right there. Right, You know, exactly. I mean, obviously beatdowns suck. But when you're right there and you can't capitalize with runners in scoring position, like I said, you, you go look at listen to the catalog of this show. I mean, I'm not telling the people that are listening now, if you want to go back, go ahead and go back. I, I can go back and find the episodes that we talked about where we didn't capitalize two or three times in a game with one out or no outs with runners in scoring position because we find ourselves in stupid fucking, you know, strike out, pop out, you know, or you ground to a double play or, you know, you force this guy out here. Now you got right. a guy on third, you fucking blow it. Yeah, guys on base. I mean, it, it's just been the whole There's been year. a lot of, there's been a lot of baseball this year for this White Sox team where games that they've lost are so close. Yeah. You yeah, know, and that's why they've got a decent run differential. That's why they've, they've, they've stayed on top of, you know, the, the American league, so to speak, within those top three, four teams, most of the year. But the problem right now is buzz. I think you look at what's going on over in the AL East. There's three really good teams there that you've struggled with in, in in some ball games, Boston, New York, and Tampa. And you know, you're going to have to get through them. I know a lot of people, I want to shift this a little bit to to future playoff talk, which is going to be a little bit more fun. It looks like you're lining up with Houston right now. Are you worried about Houston? Or are you more worried about what you have to get through after Houston? Because if you look at our division and, and with the White Sox, there's not a lot of attention on it. The attention is elsewhere. Yeah, no, it is. Um, I, I feel like more so than anything, and it's going to sound like a complete generic bullshit answer, so don't get upset at me here. But, like, I look at what's ahead. And like you said, I was looking at that today, lining up with Houston. I look at what we did with them this year. Yeah, they beat the shit out of us when we were down there. Um, you know, but we kind of – we did all right when, the, when when we played them again for the second mm-hmm. time. Um, 
you know, it, again, it's just, I don't like to be the hypothetical guy. And this is why I know it's going to sound stupid, but like the injuries, man, like I, I just want full strength against full fucking strength. And it's just so hard to gauge. But then I go back on my own statement. I go back on because when we were finally kind of there with the lineup, that's full strength. You're not putting runs on, on the board, man. And you're relying on your pitching to go out time and time again Yes. to stop. Like, there's only so many times you're going to do that against dynamic offenses. Mm-hmm. You need to be – you know how you win a World Series? Is when you're clicking on all cylinders, man. When everything's rolling. Everything's rolling. That's how you win. Well, so there's a lot of people out there right now saying, well, you know, it's it's good that these guys are going to get their rest right now. I, I agree with that. Yeah, me too. I, I agree with that. I, to an extent, I agree with the fact that – you know, having some, some IL stints right now is better than having it in October. That's absolutely valid. The problem is, and I think that we can circle back on something that we were trying to get to, it's that we want to see that start to ascension again. You want to see this team get hot over the next two weeks. You've got a rough schedule coming up. It's going to be hard to watch some of these games the same way that we were watching games earlier this season, because you've got a lot of guys on the IL right now, you're resting some people, but we're just sitting here waiting in the winds for that next gear to click. And you have to see it happen fairly soon. And I think that's where we're nervous because, well, we haven't really seen that happen. We know we had last year. Things didn't work out very well. That's well, and that- that's, that's our recency I, bias. That's where I start getting tripped up to. And it's a good point that you make. And again, I try not to live so much in the past, but I'm, I'm with you on that. Like when I feel like you take your foot off the throats of any opponent you're facing, doesn't matter if it's Kansas city, doesn't matter if it's Houston, doesn't matter if it's going to be Oakland in this next series or, or Boston after them. When you start getting lackadaisical, which is a fucking word. That is a word. If anybody wants to know it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a word. Um, it, when, when that starts happening and you're not, performing to your standards or maybe not your standards, but your potential is what scares me. And we watched that in 2020. We watched that in 2020 when we ended up losing the division to Minnesota. Cause we had that shit. We had that shit. And then you start losing games and you got, well, we're, we're going to get in the postseason. We're going to get in the postseason. Then we're going to, we're going to turn it up. No, man, you got to find that gear. And that's a big reason why I do believe that Tony LaRusso is brought in. We've talked about that before. I think that he, you know, I think that Tony has a lot of that mindset. He's not stupid. He knows when to rest guys too. So that's 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 the thing that I'm I'm hoping, right? Well, like, no, that, as that a White Sox fan, I'm hoping that I'm hoping, and I have some sure. faith. I have some faith right. that the way that he is navigating this right now is better than the way that Rick Renteria navigated things. Well, and you, and again. Like you and said, I would say have, the, the resumes speak for themselves. Well, right. Yeah. But you're saying you have faith because we don't know that we, we don't know if it's the makeup of the players who feel confident or if it was the makeup of the manager. I don't know, dude, I'm not in the clubhouse, you know, like, I don't know if it was like the, you know, we hear Tim Anderson, I'm gonna beat the shit out of everybody. We want to do all that shit. Well, I didn't, I tell you something right now. I didn't, I love Timmy, but last year it was just so weird because I didn't see a lot of those players have that mindset. I don't know if it was them. I don't know if it was Ricky, but I, I do believe that if somebody had a better hold on it, it would be Tony La Russa with a, you know, a, it, again. It, it would, it yeah. would. I mean, for the fact, just a simple fact that things have seemingly worked out this year a little bit better through the right. course of the season, the way that the team has gone about some of those things, the way that Tony La Russa's resume as a manager 
and what he did with St. Louis, what he did in Oakland, just all those things that add up over the course of his career, he knows how to get through the dog days. It's frustrating as a baseball fan to watch. It's frustrating to break this down every day because you get games like today and we see the importance of it, but there also could be the whole thing where it's just, we are getting guys rest. And that's why I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out where I'm at with this because well, I feel like this you're has walking been a, a fine line. I feel like you're walking a fine line. You're not like, Oh my God, this is fucking detrimental. This is horrible. Oh my God. What are we doing? You're like, shit. I don't want to see 2020 right. happen. Over no, again. you don't. You but absolutely I, don't. I don't want to commit to believing that, but I, I also do think that this is the right decision to get these guys rest. Cause you don't want to press these dudes. I mean, they, I, I'll tell you something right now, dude, just from the outside looking in, a lot like you you look at guys like Lucas Giolito or or Dylan Cease even or Lance Lynn or Rodon before he went on his IL stint those guys were working hard Rodon Every I'll give you Rodon especially I, I will give you Rodon well, I feel especially like Lynn too even though Lynn said that he likes going later in the games because he feels like he gets better that was like that interview he did with with, with NBC Sports Chicago. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I like going further in the games because I feel better. I've seen that guy before. I know how to attack. Yeah, he likes to be uncomfortable. Right. And and like, I like that. But the amount of work that they've done this year, I I could see why like resting them would be a good decision now because those guys were going ham, dude. Not missing starts, fucking killing everybody that came up to them. And we were talked about as the best rotation right in all of major league baseball so if if johnny were here he would talk right now about how carlos rodan hasn't thrown a full season in quite a while and i think that that's that's 2017 it was like 2017 2018 i'm i'm gonna actually go pull the carlos rodan baseball uh, baseball reference page that guy uh, i'm gonna be the stack guy right now i'm gonna go pull carlos rodan's baseball reference page and you know, the last time he threw it was 20 games in 2018, 120 innings pitched. He's already at that 119 and two thirds inning mark buzz. Yeah. So yeah. You, like his, his career high is 165 in 2016 and 139 and a third in 2015. So you're already maxing out Carlos. Where Rodan. he's been in the past. Yes. Like, you know, I mean, you're basically back to 2016 like you're you're maxing out where you're at with Carlos Rodon, and it's 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 scary because you still need to rely on him if you are going to have a World Series championship White Sox team. You probably need another forty innings, maybe fifty innings out of Carlos Rodon. Oh yeah, for sure. And again, I'm not not ready to sweat yet. I'm not ready to sweat yet. Um, you know, if it's all precautionary and, you know, he's not feeling like rest him now when you have a big lead, you know, just again, it, it goes back to what I said before when we went down this whole rabbit hole. It's just, if the pitching is lacking and it's really, if that's the case, the first time we've really seen a huge adversity with the starting rotation this year. It's the first time we've really seen like, Oh fuck, you know, we got, these guys are hurt. Like, uh Oh, what are we going to do here? You know? Um, then that's when your offense needs to really like, okay, you know what? I'm not fuck this talk about, you know, us losing this or, you know, Cleveland creeping back in. Let's put the bat on the ball. Let's start making some shit happen. Easier said than done. I know, but that's what you need to do. If you're the white Sox, just keep it, keep it fucking smooth, man. Keep it, it stay consistent. And that's how you'll win. I, 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 there's not one team to back to your earlier question too, whether we see Houston or Boston or New York, I'm not 
afraid of any of those teams, even though, you know, we, we had a rough time a little bit, but I think at full strength with people rested, I'm not, I'm not. After we destroyed orbit in the parking lot, it was all over for Houston. Yeah. Fuck Houston. Uh, and you'll fuck orbit too. And I, 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 I drank his insides. <laughs> I, I drank a few insides at, at, at that. Cause he was filled with those many bottles of liqueur. I, I but, just uh, wonder if we, if, if, if we do get Houston though, buzz, do we have to do another pinata? Oh yeah. No, hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we do. It just has to happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, and, and then again, when we were talking about Saturday night's game, you know, socks, I'm not going to run through everything, but the socks come out. And they score 10 runs. You know, you get a home run in the first inning for, from Luis Robert, who's been on an absolute tear since his return. Um, he, he was batting second. He had four hits on, on Saturday. Um, absolutely electric shit out of him. Yasmani Grandal had three hits and a walk, drove in four. I mean, the, these guys, Abreu, three hits. Absolute great game. Um, unfortunately for the pitching itself, Raylo, he was all right. I mean, he had four innings, left three hits, all of them earned. Kopech came in, had a really, really rough time in one and uh, one and a third. He uh, ended up letting up four hits, four earned runs. Then we got to Tapera, Kimbrel, <clears throat> Bummer, and then Liam to shut it down to get the safe. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about Kopech earlier, so I'm not going to bore everybody with that again and, and just go over our words of what we already talked about. But, you know, again, that, that's just a, a point that I made before is when the offense is clicking, we'll usually win these games because there's so much talent in it but then you go into sunday's game today tone and if you're listening to this tonight or monday on labor day happy labor day weekend everybody by the way from us here at socks on tap but you come into this game tone we get six hits we match the royals in hits but the royals come out get three in the first inning you know and, and the socks don't do shit they don't do anything uh you know they had uh seven left on base this is going to kill you. I know you're going to hate this stat, and I really don't feel like telling it to you, but I'm going to. 0 for 1 with runners in scoring position. That's not good. That's not good. To, I had notes on that one. Did you? I thought you did. So I, I, I know you like this, man. So, I mean, it's just like a, a piss-poor performance of what you got out of the offense today. You got a piss-poor performance because after Steve let up those three earned runs, Foster comes in, he left up two of them. Uh, he gets, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, two earned runs from Foster there. And, you know, we just kind of go through whatever we got to go through. Um, when the offense ain't, offense ain't clicking, it ain't good. And the fact that you can't get on the board against, you know, uh, Kansas City today, yeah, against Brady Singer, um, it's just fucking unbelievable to me. I know he's a, he's got a lot of talent. He's going to be very good. But, but this offense should have been able to make something happen. And, and they didn't. And they didn't pick up their pitcher. And that's something where I want to see the consistency play out more, but I'm not going to keep beating that. That's my last time. I'll say that. Yeah. I've, I've got the notes on the 0 for one with runners in scoring position. Uh, the fact that you didn't get a runner until uh, to second base until the ninth inning. And then my guy, Gavin sheets just can't get the job done. Uh, you know, with two outs in the bottom of the ninth, like, Oh my God, you can't have that. Like you're never going to win a baseball game. If you can't get a runner, to second base until the ninth inning. It's just not not just not gonna fucking happen. Um that's the most concerning thing today. Too many ground balls, terrible plate approach. Just terrible play 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 plate approaches from everybody on this fucking roster. If it's not Yasmani Granda, I think Gavin Sheets may have had the best plate approach all night on uh, on a ball that he winds up like grounding out on because he saw like maybe eight pitches. Brady Singer 
75 pitches through what was it six innings or something like that's exactly where a starter needs to be to rest your team's bullpen to get through seven eight innings Dylan Cease threw 17 pitches today before we got the first out and it was already three to nothing and if, if you're if you kind of watch the pitch counts through the game buzz I I, I look at that very heavily um just to kind of project where you're going to have to go in the bullpen, 17 pitches through the first inning. That's bad in and of itself. You should get out of the first before that. And when you're already sitting there in the first inning down three, nothing, 17 pitches, nobody out. Um, I, I didn't like that at all. And you, you, you have to take some pitches. You have to work some counts. The White Sox offense today, Outside of their inability to get the job done with runners in scoring position, looking at you, Gavin Sheets, when your one attempt that was even possible today, the, the plate approach needs to change in these ball games because if, if you're going to go down the stretch here and you want to get white hot, like you said, you have to drive these pitch counts up in the first three innings on these guys, 45 plus through three to even have the kind of trajectory to get to a point where you've got a guy on the ropes in the fifth, sixth, seventh innings to get to a bullpen, especially if a guy's got good stuff. You saw this against the Toronto Blue Jays. What was that? The Robbie Ray game. Um, you've, you've seen this plenty of times with the White Sox offense when you've got maybe one or two guys in that lineup that are, that are sitting on the bench or not available to you. One of them being Yasmani Grandal and the second guy, whoever decides that they want to see more than 10 pitches today, you you have to start to drive this. And one guy in this lineup that I'm going to call for, Buzz, Yoan Moncada, I think he's he's got the most patience out of the rest of the bunch. He needs to take some notes from Yasmani Grandal. He maybe need to get back to the, uh, you know, I'm going to try and draw my walks and, and work the pitcher a little bit more. Um this is not a data-driven uh, discussion, but you just need to do something because you cannot let guys like Brady Singer beat you the way that he beat you today come October. That's that's a huge problem. I, I 100% agree with what you're saying, man. I 100% agree with what you're saying. Um, working the It's something that the White Sox, I felt, have like struggled with all year, um, you know, not working counts, but when they do, they win ball games. So, you know. Maybe go back, watch film, watch what you do, and uh, and then see how it goes. That's the only thing I could really fucking think of at this point in time. But, you know, I just – I don't know, man. Again, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde shit. If they won today, this would be a way more positive show. Well, yeah, I think it's been positive in the, in, in the fucking, you know, realm of, like, the show has been positive. I mean, it's just, you know, we're talking about today. We're talking about the series. I mean, that's what we're here to recap in Sunday Fun Day too. You know, I, obviously, I'm not, like, burning the fucking house down because, you know, they, they had a bad series against Kansas City. It's just we don't want to see that continue. We want to see them learn from their mistakes and move forward mm-hmm. and fucking win ball games. That's all it comes down to. And, you know, we're not burning anything down yet. Nine and a half game lead, like you said. You know, it's just uh, do better. Do, do better because, you know uh, – we have a lot of tests coming up here before the playoffs start. Let's get into those. Well, let's get into the next test. So undecided for the White Sox on Tuesday because they are off on Labor Day, which just fucking sucks. 
Yes. It just like, of course, dude, we have an off day on Monday. Of course we have an off day on Monday. Us personally have an off day on Monday for the holiday and the fucking sex aren't going like God. And then you got to wait like how many 48 hours or whatever for a fucking, you know, you got to like have this sit and linger. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to go up against Oakland and, and that'll be in Oakland, which I fucking hate playing in Oakland. Me too. Um, who the hell is pitching for them? Cause I have it on MLB and it says undecided. Yeah, I don't think we've got starters for Monday yet. Oh, no, or Tuesday, I'm sorry. James Caperlin. Or Tuesday, sorry. I'm yep. sorry, James Caperlin. If I said his name wrong, whatever. Sorry, I, I'm not great at that. But he's 7-4 and four with 3.87 ERA, 97 and two-third innings pitched for him. He's let up 81 hits, 99 strikeouts, and 97 two-third innings there. He's let up 17 long balls. He's walked 37. Undecided for the White Sox on Tuesday in Oakland against Oakland. Oakland is entering that game at it's 74. Jimmy Lambert. Probably is. Uh, at 74 and 63, the Sox are now at 79 and 58, 21 games above 500. So that'll be the game um, on Tuesday. And that'll be a what start for us? A 840 Central start. So you know, I will not be doing that post game because I'll be fucking crashed out. But um, yeah, expect Johnny and I for the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> for the uh, Oakland series, uh, at least the first two games, 840, yeah. 8.40 p.m. start times. Uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be a good series. Uh, good test. Hopefully, you know, hopefully Sox can, you know, take this off day, get some even more rest, get in there on Tuesday and make some shit happen. Um, ah, man, any, anything else you got, you got for this episode of Sunday Fun Day? The the last thing I've got, Buzz, and this is kind of a combination of cool things you've seen in White Sox land and, and yeah. shout outs. Uh, you know, I went over to my parents' house earlier today uh, and my dad, uh, the guy that he works with, uh, was getting rid of some stuff, Buzz. And uh, my dad picked some things up for me, some cool things. I should have brought them down. Um, my fault. But I got a, a Game 1 World Series ticket sub. Oh, wow. Uh, from 2005. And then I also acquired a uh, the opening day, uh, 1991 uh, ticket stub from the first game played at, uh, at Comiskey Park. That's really and cool. And I also acquired, uh, in the same case, a ticket stub from the last game played at Old Comiskey Park. And are they framed? Um, yes, these are, oh, they're, they're in, they're in nice little, uh, sweet, nice little sweet. glass containers. And then the last one, very cool. Not very near and dear to my heart, but might be to yours, uh, a Super Bowl ticket from the 1985 Bears season. So uh, shout out to my dad's friend, Scott, if he tunes into this, and my dad for for picking that up for me. I think that those are cool. I love memorabilia stuff, you as, too, yeah. as you know, um, just to stuff to add to the collection. But uh, wanted to just shout that one out right there. Those are, those are cool artifacts, uh, things that I w- was not at, but now have uh, a little piece of history from, uh, I know you talk about ticket stubs all the time. So I wanted to bring that one up to you. I got some cool ticket stubs. I'm That's also awesome. a big ticket stub guy. Yeah. I got a shoe box full of them, uh, of every bears game I've ever been to. And there's over a hundred in there. Every Sox game I've ever been to that had, t- you know, physical tickets at the time. Um, some cool shit that I saw this week. I would like to shout out Steve-O. Uh, I believe Bluehand Luke was uh, there as well. You know, those are guys really, you know, good dudes to us. Became our friends, you know, uh, through White Sox Twitter. Um, Adam KC, Brandon Stokes, who's another great guy that we know. Uh, those guys went down to Kansas City. They made the trip for uh, Labor Day weekend to go watch the games. Uh, unfortunately, you know, I wish they would have got, uh, you know, some wins. I guarantee they had fun. 
guarantee they had fun still, you know, good company watching baseball. I wish they would have got the win. So I want to shout them out real quick. Awesome that they got to go do that. Um, another thing that I'd like to shout out on tap related is uh, Dominic Fisk, Chris White, and Premier Amp, Aaron Parpart are all at All Out right now, which is a uh, wrestling pay-per-view. And they're doing some great content over there, live pay-per-view right now at the Now Arena, formerly the Sears Center. Um, so they're doing that. Hasn't that place changed like 17 times? I'm not sure. I knew it was the Sears Center for a long time, but then Sears went under, I think. So I'm not, I don't know if they've changed or not, but it's where the Windy City Bulls play. Um, you know, so that that's pretty cool. So, you know, shout out to those guys for sure. And then I had one more fucking thing. Our Bears team. We got the Bears starting. Yeah, the Bears are starting. And I mean, yeah, our, our Bears team is starting. So check out Bears on Tap. Uh, check those guys out. They're doing great shit over there. And I have one more White Sox related thing that I'm fucking drawing a blank on right now. So I, I'll just have to hit that when I can think of it. But uh, that's really all I have for, for this week, man. You know, if you're a wrestling fan, check out Premier Amp, Dom Fisk, or Chris White right now. They're they're there having a great time. So check those guys out at All Out, which is uh, an AEW pay-per-view. Yeah, I don't have much else, Buzz. It's it was a good month. Uh, last thing to touch on uh, before we close on out of here, we got to take in the game together this past week. Yeah, um, it was a great time. Uh, shout out Jake Trojan for putting uh, all of that together. Um, excellent dude, love Jake. Uh, but uh, we we had some fun in the sweets, Buzz. It was a good night. Uh, good night for on tap. Good night for all the White Sox uh, guys that cover the team, even Southside Ron. Um, shout out him as well. I'm giving out the shout outs today because, uh, you know, Johnny always puts me on the spot. Johnny on the spot. Johnny on the spot, Johnny on the spot puts you on the spot. Uh, I never have, like, somebody ready to go when he asks that. Today I had, like, the shout outs all lined up because I, I figured he was going to ask. Uh, not on the show today. I uh, don't know where Johnny is. Probably drinking some beers, maybe watching the show. Hi, Johnny. Uh, but uh, – you know, I, I had them ready today. That's I've got to give myself some credit. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. You know, uh, Tuesday was a great time at the ballpark, walking up and seeing like the on tap sports thing. I mean, it might not mean a lot to somebody else or whatever. It's not a, a brag or anything like that, but it was one of the coolest things that I think that I got to be a part of. Just because we, I, I feel like we work pretty hard just to try to do this kind of shit. And whether people like us or they don't like us or whatever, I don't really like me either. So take a take a fucking number. But, um, you, you know, I don't really like me either. So, but no, it was super cool. Like when we got to your house, drank a couple beers, hit the limo up, which, you know, put a trailer park kid in the fucking limo, which was pretty sweet. And we got to go there. And then on the way home, probably was one of my favorite parts is we're just fucking jamming out to like, you know, some 41 and newfound glory, probably driving Carl or whatever the fuck his name was insane in the front. What was his name? You remember? I don't remember. I, do, I don't remember his name. All I remember from that, and this is, you know, maybe like socks on tap after darkish or whatever. But I remember we got to the ballpark and I had to like exchange phone numbers with the cab driver. And like, I like lean the into driver. the limo driver and I lean in there and it just smelled so terrible in the front of the cab. The front smelled. The back smelled all right. The, the back, back smelled fine. The back smelled fine. I leaned it in the front, and man, like I'm still getting kind of nauseous about it. Oh god! I Just thinking know. about how bad it was. But it was a good ride. He he drove us. We got home safe. Everything was good. Everybody had a good time, as far as I know. I haven't oh, yeah. heard any complaints. Uh, but it was a good time. It was great to take in a ball game with all of the on tap guys. Uh, different experience up there. 
uh, from the suites. Don't get to do that very often. So I'm glad you were able to make it. I'm glad that uh, everybody, Steve was there, Johnny was there, Brooklyn was there, all those guys, Southside Ron, our guy Schwartzy, uh, who does a lot of back-end work at ONTAP Sportsnet. Uh, that uh, I don't think a lot of Sox guys know, but he does, he does uh, do some stuff for ONTAP, uh, some of the graphics that you've seen uh, in, in throughout the show um, or just on Sox ONTAP uh, come from him, and he doesn't take a lot of credit for stuff, uh, so you may not have seen him. So shout out him too, going heavy on the shout outs today, Buzz. But it was a great time, um, and uh, I can't wait to do that again. Absolutely. Shout out Jim Schrammick too because I like him. Uh, I like Jim. Jim's he's still cracking. in here. He's cracking them. Yeah, he's cracking them. That's what Jim Crack does. Him, and you know, Jim. Jim's got the day off for Labor Day tomorrow. So follow Jim for whatever meat he's smoking. I'm smoking a ham tomorrow. Did a leg of lamb today. Smoking a ham tomorrow. So yeah, that's all I got. Uh, we'll be back Tuesday. Probably won't be me unless I like drink like a Red Bull or something. I, I highly I'm going to give him some Mountain Dew. Yeah, maybe a Red Bull. Yeah, mix those two together for a little bit of energy. But everybody, I'll, I'll invite you over for the game on Tuesday. Yeah, right, dude. I fucking work. I'll invite you over for the game on Tuesday if you want to do the post game live from from Casa de Marchese. Yeah, you'll you fucking pan the camera over, and I'll be like this. This <laughs> just solo shot you for a second. Um, but yeah, that's it's it's probably going to be Johnny and I uh, for uh, for Tuesday. And for Wednesday, then we've got some day game baseball um, coming up there on Thursday. So we'll, we're trying to give you guys some programming notes. Um, not sure who it'll be Thursday, but uh, I would expect Johnny and I to be with you guys late if you're a night owl. Buzz, you can close this down how we always do. We're approaching the hour mark here on Sunday. Funday, I got to get more beers. Yeah, me too. Everybody be sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at SoxOnTap, at ontapsportsnet. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us, five-star rating and review because that's cool and tough. Check out Grandstand for all your White Sox gear. Go to grandstandsocks.com. Follow them on socials at grandstandsocks. Or if you're down by the ballpark, stop by Grandstand. We'll be back when we're back. White Sox forever. White Sox forever.